What would you do if you were in Holy Mass on Sunday and a bunch of pro-A-word people, and by A-word I mean A to the B to the O to the R to the next letter, came in and interrupted the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. What if they ran up on the altar? What if they, sometimes they take their clothes off. It's pretty gross. What would you do as a Catholic? Would you defend your church? What about violence? Would we use violence? Do we have police officers at church? What if someone came in with a weapon and threatened the lives of children and women? What would you do? Well, my friend Joey, he's already in the comments, sent me this article this morning. There's plans on TikTok encouraging Biden supporters to invade, to rush into Catholic churches this Sunday. It's in three days, four days. And interrupt Catholic masses in order to protest the reversal of Roe v. Wade at the Supreme Court court. It's interesting for two reasons. Well, let's pray first. We should pray. We'll pray the Our Father, and then we'll get into the two reasons. Oremus nomini Patris Fidi, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celi, Sanctificetur Nomen Tuum, Venia Regnum Tuum, Fiat Voluntas Tua, Sicut in Celo et in Terra, Panum Nostrum Quotidianum de Nobis Odiae, et Timite Nobis Debita Nostra, Sicut et Nos Timitimus Debitoribus Nostris, Nenos in Ducas, in Tentacionem, sin Libra nos Malo, Amen. St. Pius V, pray for us. Omnipatris Fidi, Spiritus Sancti, Amen. That's right, today's the feast of St. Pius V, the Pope of Lepanto, also the Pope who established the Feast of Our Lady of Victory, which becomes the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. He is my favorite Pope of the last 1,000 years, and maybe I'll do a video on why he is my favorite. Okay, back to the two reasons. Oh, before the two reasons. Teasing it out here. If you like this video, you got to give it that thumbs up. And please share it. Share it all over the world. YouTube is not wild about my content and my message. You have to be the algorithm. You have to spread around. So you use the share button. You share it on Twitter. You share it on Facebook. I notice when I say it, people actually do it remind you so please do share it this is free content i would just ask maybe as a tip that you would share it i appreciate that and if you're new of course you're going to want to subscribe and get all this great content topics discussions and if you want to be notified which you do you hit the bell when you subscribe and uh you'll be with us three to four times every week all right let's get into the context two reasons why is it that they want to protest in Catholic churches? One, even though we've had so much modernism and scandal and heresy and confusion, confusing pontificates, even though all those things have happened, people still know at the end of the day, the Catholic Church is the pro-life powerhouse, and it always will be. Because at the very center of our religion, the center of our faith, is the Word became flesh. We believe 
unlike any other religion, that the Son of God entered into. He was conceived of the Holy Ghost in the womb, the immaculate womb, of the Virgin Mary. Now, paired with that, we have that he died on the cross for us when he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He rose on the third day for our justification. He ascended into heaven to be our high priest before the throne of God. He sent down the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, on the tenth day after he ascended into heaven, and he established the Catholic Church. Yes, but all of that blossoms and flows out of the reality that the Word became flesh. God became a man in the womb. And you know who hates that? The devil. Satan. Satan hates that. If you read the Apocalypse, the book of Revelation, chapter 12, there's a woman clothed in the sun, standing on the moon, a crown of 12 stars in her head, and she gives birth to the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus. And what does the red dragon, who is Satan in Apocalypse 12, what does he do? He goes before the woman and opens his mouth with his jagged teeth and awaits so that he can eat and kill that baby. Satan, right there, he wants that partial birth A-word. Right there, he wants it. And the phenomenon of that A-word, and I'm on social media platforms, so I'm using the A-word, has been the satanic protest against the incarnation of Jesus Christ from the very beginning. Satan hates women. Do you understand that? Satan hates women. He was overcome by a woman. This is why God says in the book of Genesis that he will place enmities between the woman and the serpent. You know how some men are afraid of snakes, but women, my wife, she's really afraid of snakes. My sons put a rubber snake in the house. My wife freaks out. She'll jump eight feet high, scream, run around. If we're watching a movie and there's a snake slithering in there, I mean, forget about Indiana Jones when he falls into the snake pit. My wife is just freaking out. By the way, when I was a little kid once on an airplane flying to California, I sat next to a gentleman who said to me, hey, kid, you like snakes? I said, yeah, I like snakes. I'm a kid. He said, have you seen Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark? I don't know if I'd seen it or not, but he told me he was the Hollywood snake handler who owned all those snakes, prepared the snakes, the cobra. You know when Indiana Jones falls down in the snake pit and there's a snake all over and that cobra comes up right in front of Indiana Jones's face? He said that he was the guy behind all those snakes, had all the snakes. And then he showed me all over his hands all these scars where snakes had bitten him. True story. Sat next to this guy. Don't know his name. I was a kid, but I thought it was cool that I was sitting next to the snake guy of Hollywood. Anyway, you know how women are afraid of snakes. Well, the devil is afraid of women. He wants to destroy women. He destroys them through prom promiscuity. And then he follows it up with icing on the cake with abortion. And then just a downward spiral of mental 
unhealthiness. This is Satan's game plan for you, ladies. Do not let that snake bite you. Don't do it. So, the very heart, the very center of our religion as Catholics is the incarnation. It's the icon, the statue of the Madonna, of the tender, virginal, immaculate mother holding the baby who is the Son of God. That's it. You know, I'm surprised. You know, I used to be a Protestant, I'm a Catholic now. I'm surprised Protestants ignore and push away this beautiful reality. You know, they'll see an icon of a Madonna, Our Lady holding the baby Jesus, like, oh, why are you worshiping Mary? Oh, she's just a woman. Oh, she's just a disciple of Jesus. No, she's the mother of God. So, the enemies of God, the enemies of Christ, the enemies of infancy, the enemies of motherhood, the enemies of the incarnation know that their greatest enemy on earth is the Catholics, the Catholic Church and the Catholics who really believe in the mystery of the incarnation, like me and like you watching. And so they're not going to protest at a Methodist church. Mm -mm. I'd bet you a stake that there will be no protests at the local Methodist churches in America or even at the Lutheran churches or at the mosques or at the synagogues or at the temples of Satan. Where are they focusing their attention? The Catholic churches. It's just like when Satanists mock Christianity, they don't have a satanic praise and worship service. They have a satanic black mass because they know their enemy. When they want to tempt clergy, they don't go after the assistant youth pastor at the Methodist church. They go after the cardinals, the popes, the archbishops, the monsignors, the priests, they hate these. I had an exorcist tell me, ultimately, whenever you have an exorcism situation, Satan's target, and by the way, I was told also, over 75% of possessions are in women. He said the target in an exorcism is of the demon is not usually the woman, it's the priest. He wants to be able to attack the priest, and he uses the woman as bait to trouble, frustrate, tempt, and confuse a good, holy priest. So our enemies know that the Catholic Church is the one they want to take out, and that's why they're going to protest. And I'm going to explain to you what I think would be a good policy or a good response if this would happen towards the end of the show. Okay. The second reason, remember I said two reasons, the second reason is this Sunday is what? It's not a Catholic feast day, but in our society, in American society, it's what? Mother's Day. Mother's Day. It is a celebration in the United States, a civil celebration, not even religious, to say 
Hey, moms, mothers, thank you. Thank you. You see, when a woman procreates, it's a short episode there, and conceives a child, there's a nine-month pregnancy, and then there's a one- or two-year period where the infant depends 100% on her for her milk, for the baby's diapers, for comfort, for sleep, for warmth, all that. Yes, we dads obviously help in the night, right? Rocking the babies, but our bodies don't provide what those babies need by nature. The mother is special. The mother is important. And then there's also an 18-year educational commitment that comes with it. And this is why one of the problems with hookup culture is you have a copulation of three to 30 minutes, and then there's an 18-year window of commitment. This is why sex is only inside marriage. This is why God said, only have sex if you're married. If you're not married and you have that three to 30 minute copulation period and a child is conceived, you have an 18 year commitment. And that 18 year commitment, we all know works best when there is a man and a woman and they love each other and they made a vow to God and to each other in the presence of all their families and friends and society and the state and the church to stay together because babies are most likely coming and those babies need this beautiful context. They need this nest to grow and thrive and become beautiful, lovely human persons for the future. And then it starts over again. This is why we must teach as Catholics, as parents, as teachers, as clergy, as friends, save yourself for marriage. Some of y'all are going to laugh at me. Oh, he's so old-fashioned. I am old-fashioned. You should be old-fashioned too. Save yourself for marriage. Be safe. But when people don't obey God's laws, and they say, I'm going to go out to girls' night, or I'm going to go and do hookup, or get an app and swipe left or right and all that, and they engage in that three to 30 minute window of copulation and pleasure. And when they get pregnant, they say, whoa, 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 I have an 18 year commitment now. I don't want this. So I will kill that new person. How sad is that? And then they will jump through all sorts of philosophical hoops to convince themselves that they are not killing their own baby. I was fascinated yesterday. There was a very tragic lady who was basically taunting conservatives, Christians, Republicans saying, we're going to beat you. We're not going anywhere. And she was all kinds of identifier labels. I'm not going to go into it. You know what I'm talking about. And at a certain point, she was taunting conservatives saying, well, your children will one day go on and abort their children. She said that. And I said, aha, she let it slip. She's admitting that this is not just removing 
an inanimate fetus or removing tissue from her own body, she's saying abort their children. She said the word children. So this Sunday's Mother's Day, and we're going to celebrate all the mothers, get them flowers, get them gifts, take them out to lunch, maybe pop some champagne, say, thank you, mom. You not only gave me a gift, you made a sacrifice. And so the enemies of Christ, the enemies of motherhood, the enemies of life are going to invade Catholic churches, they say, because on TikTok, disrupt the holy sacrifice, the mass, which is life-giving, to protest on Mother's Day. <laughs> on Mother's Day. These are enemies of civilization, enemies of life, enemies of God. And we don't hate them. We pity them, we pray for them, and we love them. There is nothing more that I would like to see for these poor souls that you see on these videos. They're screeching. They're yelling. Their voice is cracking. Their face is contorted. And when I see those faces, I think there is some man's little girl. Once upon a time, she was a happy little girl, four years old, waking up on Christmas morning to her new doll and her new dress and her toys. And now she is screeching with anger, but with pain because she's been betrayed by our culture that told her, you can have it all. You go, girl. You can have all those moments of pleasure and all that male attention and all those hookups and have your career and your money and your future and your husband and all and all that. You go, girl. By the time they were 23 or 24, they knew. I'm not getting it. And I'm walking around wounded and scarred. And there's nothing more that I would love to see than these people, all people, all humans, carrying all those wounds, all that pain, all that anger unto the font of baptism. And if they're already baptized into the confessional where Christ will pour buckets of grace and mercy and forgiveness upon them. That's how they should enter our Catholic churches, looking for the solution, the medicine that they need. But it sounds like they're going to rush in and protest. So what should be our response? What do you do on Sunday if you're praying in Mass and a group of people run in screaming, run up on the altar, maybe threaten? You know, in the early church, there were seven orders. I guess there still are seven orders, even though the Novus Ordo, Paul VI, got rid of some of them. The lowest order is that of porter. The porter was ordained, truly ordained, in a minor ordination, 
to protect the doors, to protect the people, to protect the church. He was the guardian. In fact, I've shown it on the screen before. I don't have the picture today, but there was this position amongst the porters called the verger. The verger was a guy who carried a really big stick. That's right. It was a ceremonial stick. Sometimes it had gold on it. It was always usually carved. And he would go before the ecclesiastical processions of the clergy to open up the way. And if people came up and tried to mess with the clergy, and he'd kind of take his stick and say, whoa, 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 use that baton to move them away. And I guess if things got crazy, he could use the baton in other ways. Ideally, it should not be up to random laity or a grandma with her purse beating <laughs> a protester with her purse or even dads. Ideally, we need trained porters. We need trained responders who know how to handle these situations. They might and should be armed, in my personal opinion, as just a dad on a webcam who has no authority to tell anybody what to do. But we have seen violent situations. And also just the whole idea that, wow, that place is armed and protecting its children and women makes a certain group of people just not even want to bother. But I think the important thing if this does happen is not to respond with violence because we know that the left loves victimhood. The greatest status symbol amongst the left and the Democratic Party is being a victim. They compete with one another. Who is the bigger victim? Because whoever is the bigger victim for them you are like the higher aristocrat. Like the more victim you are, that's like in our society being like the archduke in your community. And so they compete. And you'll notice whenever you hear people on TV tell their stories or you listen to podcasts, it always begins with, let me tell you how horrible my childhood was, how wicked my parents were, how wicked my neighborhood was, and on and on and on. This is basically saying I am so such a victim. Now, let me just say, my family's not perfect. We have stories going back generations, sins, crimes, problems. Go read about Moses or Jacob or Isaac or Abraham, King David. Problems in the family. It's true. But it seems that there's this obsession with destroying anything that went before and in a way delighting in being a victim. I know people who have had horrific lives and horrific childhoods. I mean, the kind of stuff that would make you throw up. And yet some of these people are the most charitable and giving and forgiving and delightful people you'd ever be around. And they're not interested in convincing you that they're the biggest victim in the whole world. So, with that being said, do not give the leftists, the protesters, what they want, which is victimhood. They want nothing more than to say, I ran into this Latin mass, and I was just trying to say, I was just trying to fight for rights, but then this person punched me in the nose, and here's my video of it that I'm going to go make viral. Now, again, if someone is using force, especially against my wife or my children, 
they're going to receive force back. I've trained five years in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Some of that's going to come out. And having trained, when if you've trained to be a fighter, you know how to use first gear, second gear, third gear, fourth gear, and fifth gear. You don't always have to go full. But yes, that's going to happen. But that's not what we should try to do. Being strong, being masculine, being a patriarch is not overusing force or strength or threats. It's using just what's needed. Someone's saying they're missing sounds. Are y'all missing sounds? Everything on my side looks good. So here's what you need to do. This is a reminder that you need a team, a safety team at your church. You need to be trained. You need to have plans. You need to have policies. You need to talk to your priests. There needs to be outcomes. It's always good to have a police officer always on duty on Sunday. And then what are the plans? If someone rushes the altar, what is the plan? If someone just comes in and starts screaming, what is the plan? If someone comes in with a weapon, what is the plan? Okay, the sound is clear. Thank you. By the way, if you like this, thumbs up, like. Do it right now. I'm going to pause. I want you all to like. Do the like. And then also share it on Facebook and Twitter. People need to hear this. YouTube is not going to make this go viral. Y'all need to share it. This needs to be discussed in the church. Share it. You need to train together. And have a plan. Will it happen? I don't know. The fact that it could happen and that they're actually threatening to do it means that we have to have a plan. And if all else fails, and let's say it's a Sunday, you don't have a plan yet. You need to have a plan, by the way. Every Catholic church in the entire world should have a team of at least 10 men who are trained and have plans on how to protect the clergy, protect women, and protect children. If you don't have that, you're just wrong. You need scenario training. That's what Joey says. Train scenarios. What do we do if one person comes in screaming? Or I've seen this scenario and it's very sad. I've seen it two or three times. A homeless woman I've seen come into church and start making all kinds of ruckus and she's clearly on drugs. No one, she's not threatening anyone. She is disturbing the mass. No one needs to get ugly with her. No one needs to tackle her, push her, grab her. Someone does need to gently come and guide her to the back of the church, and if she's being very loud, outside. Those are scenarios. I've seen it with homeless people before. Or sometimes there's just homeless people that are just wandering around and maybe bothering people, you know, talking to women or trying to talk to kids, things like that. That's a scenario. It has to be worked out. If you're a Catholic man, how do you do this? You talk to some of your Catholic men, brothers, and say, hey, we need this. Let's go talk to pastor. And you work out a plan. But if you have no plan and someone comes in and bum rushes the altar to go and tackle father while he's saying mass, you and some guys are going to have to intervene. This actually happened this past year. And a bunch of men came up and stopped that man, detained him and removed him from the church and called the police. 
men, you're going to have to do that. I'm not talking about, you know, stomping someone or not. I'm talking about you have to protect the priest. The priest is celebrating the holy sacrifice of the mass. You must protect that. Yes, with your life. It is that important. It is that important. Also, another concern, this wasn't said on TikTok, but we do know that the A-word community, the A to the B to the O to the R, many of them are associated with uh, Satanism and Wicca, Wiccan covens, and they love to steal hosts. And sadly, the United States bishops, by the way, where are the United States bishops this week? crickets. Yes, I know Bishop Strickland and Tyler has been speaking against what's going on with the Supreme Court situation. Where are the other bishops? Your Excellencies, major crisis on the A-word this week. Y'all got really excited about George Floyd and BLM and all that, but it's crickets this week. Bishops, United States bishops, Fighting for the reversal of Roe v. Wade? It's embarrassing, I'll tell you that much. It's embarrassing. So you have to protect. Oh, I was talking about the Wiccans. They want to steal the hosts. And sadly, our bishops allow for communion in the hand, which I am 100% against. Yeah, but Taylor, sometimes. No, I'm 100% against it. I've done so many podcasts, so many shows. I know that you're going to throw me the St. Cyril of Jerusalem quote. I've already refuted it. There is no reason to do communion on the hand, except, as St. Basil the Great says, except in a time of extreme persecution in the face of martyrdom. Like, I'm in prison and I'm about to get my head chopped off, and only an altar boy can smuggle me a host for me to receive communion before I go to my death as a martyr. Yes, I will receive communion in the hands that way. Or if you're a desert father and, and there's only one way for you to get communion, a priest left you a few hosts and you have to touch it. That's it, according to Basil the Great. They've allowed communion in the hand and that allows Wiccans and Satanists to steal our host. You must watch. Many years ago, I was at a Christmas mass and I watched a man take a host back to his pew and I grabbed an usher and told him what happened and we went back and we confronted that man to find out what happened you must be proactive well yeah Taylor that makes people feel really uncomfortable if you do that this is the host this is God can you imagine the old testament if someone just took the ark of the covenant or even a holy vessel from the temple and walked off? You think people would just be like, well, don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. No. This is God Almighty. So, that's what's going on. That's what you need to do. Men, get some, some teams. Two traditional Latin mass parishes that I know have very strong, active teams. They contain ex-military. They're trained in martial arts. They go through scenarios. They work with the clergy and the priests. 
What do we do? How do we protect you, Father? How do we protect our family and our church? Be ready. Being a passive pushover is not Christianity. And if this is happening and something's dangerous, calling 911, good idea. But what about those 15 minutes that pass? What could happen in those 15 minutes to the family that you've created and supported? All right, and if you're a hurting person, you're, you're hurting from sin, the A word. You've been lied to by our secular society. Just go to Jesus, pray to him right now, ask him to heal you, forgive you, renew you. And then if you're not a Catholic, you need to get baptized. Baptism is the sacrament of regeneration, the sacrament of forgiveness. It washes away your original sin. It washes away all your mortal sins, all your venial sins, and all the temporal punishment associated to all those sins. You need that baptism. So find a traditional Catholic church and get baptized. And if you already are baptized, you need to go to confession. If you're not a Catholic, you're a Protestant and you're baptized, you need to renounce Protestantism and become a Catholic. And if you do that, you'll have access to the sacrament of penance where a priest can officially and truly declare and decree that your sins are forgiven through the blood of Jesus. What a great gift. We all need to be doing that every two to four weeks. Go to confession. All right, if you like this video, what you need to do right now is you need to give this video a thumbs up. So please like this video and please share it on Facebook and Twitter. And please subscribe. We are getting close to 400,000 subscribers on the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast on YouTube. And I want to thank all of you that do subscribe. really means a lot to me. Also, if you want to support this podcast, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. I'll send you signed books, merch, and then whenever I do the rosary giveaway or the icon giveaway or the missile giveaway or the Bible giveaways, those of you in Patreon, as a thank you, you'll be in those uh, drawings that I do with my kids and you can win some really cool stuff like that beautiful $400 rosary we gave away last week to Mr. Heron. Awesome. Beautiful. By the way, Mr. Heron, I haven't heard from you yet. I need your address. Send it to me so I can send you that rosary. So support this channel at patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. I finished my new book and I'm excited about it. And I will be announcing the title and what it's all about. I'm doing the final edits today. I have 30 more pages to just massage, look over before I send it out to the editor for the real edits. But I'm excited. This new book, it's not a sequel to Infiltration. People are asking me that. By the way, check out Infiltration. Uh, it's a different but related topic, and it will be perhaps uh, the biggest and most, most important book I've ever written. So I'll be excited to announce that. What else? Pray the rosary every single day. If you don't pray the rosary, you're not on the team. People get so mad when I say that. I don't know why. Why y'all mad? 
I'm not saying people are going to hell or you're not in the Catholic Church. I've never said that. In fact, I always clarify that's not what I'm actually saying. And yet people go on Twitter and say that's what he's saying. I don't know. I just don't know what to say. Like I said, confession every two to four weeks. Find a traditional Latin Mass. If you need to, move, if you can, to a community where you can get traditional Latin Mass. Catholic, good Catholic schools. Oh, this Friday, tomorrow is first Friday, and this Saturday is first Saturday. Get thee to Mass in reparation to the Sacred Heart on Friday and the Immaculate Heart of Mary on Saturday. Do it. Do it. All right. I have a little bit of time here. <clears throat> Four minutes. Why don't I take a few questions? I will give priority to the Super Chats, as I always like to do, just to say thank you. And if I recognize you as one of the Patreons, I'll also give that priority. If you have a question, make sure you put a question mark in your question because there's so many. There's 1,898 people here and the live chat is lively. I'm streaming right now on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube all at the same time live. And I see the comments from Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube all at the same time. So if I don't see the question mark, I'm not going to know that it's a question. Again, I'll give priority to Patreon questions and priority to uh, Super Chats. All right, let's get started with some questions. And uh, I usually put them on the screen if I can. So let's uh, do it. Questions. Uh, here's a good one. Johnny says, on uh, he's on YouTube. Where'd it go? Where'd he go? There it is. Will priests on Sunday react with the same spinelessness that they did with COVID and other protests? Cowards. Yeah, I mean, it was really unfortunate when, um, you know, they started tearing down the Junipero Serra statues in California. Initially, no response. Then we all started saying it, saying it, saying it, and there was some response. But yeah, you know, when they took away the mass from Catholics... 99% of Catholics are like, well, oh, well, no big deal. I'll just stay home and watch it on TV. But you try to take abortion away. Oops, I said I said that A word. You try to take their sacrament away, and they are ready for war. Why are they more zealous for their sacrament than we are for our sacrament? We need to look deep down inside. Why is that? Thank you, Johnny, for your question. Who else has a question? Make sure you use the question mark. Oh, I like this. Uh, KJ Hammer, do you think Roe versus Wade is overturned? It's because of the consecration. I think he's talking about the consecration of Russia. Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. The consecration um, is for Russia, not for America. Of course, all graces can be magnified and spread throughout the world. So maybe, but uh, I'm I'm not jumping to that conclusion. And by the way, uh, we still got a long way to go for the Roe v. Wade being overturned. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But uh, I hope so. That would be great. Joseph Lewis. I can't tell where Joseph is. He's probably on Twitter, I'm thinking. Uh, do you know if it's all right for a layperson to bless someone with holy water holy water if they are sick absolutely yes um you can uh now you can't make holy water 
But yes, if my children are sick or my wife is sick, yeah, I'm going to put holy water on them. Absolutely. Especially uh, now you can't, let me clarify. You can put holy water on anybody and pray for them, but you can only bless your spouse and your children and your grandchildren. Does that make sense? Like, I bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I can do that to my kids. I can't do it to your kids or the neighbor's kids or kids in another country. Can't do that. So you can put holy water on people, which does bless them, but to actually bless them and put holy water on them, they have to be your spouse or your kids. Very good. All right, I think I saw a super chat pop in here. Here it is. Uh, this is just John. No question. Thanks, John. Uh, let's see. John, the American Patriot, says, uh, Dr. Marshall, will we, the faithful, have to lead our bishops by our example? And if so, what other steps would make it more visible for them to take action? Uh, yes, the bishops are quiet. The bishops are afraid. Uh, as I said the other day, most, well, I'll just say many bishops respond to money and shame. Uh, they don't want to have no money. And they don't want to be ashamed or shamed in the newspapers or on TV or in public documents or on YouTube. That's mainly what moves bishops who are not inspired to proclaim the gospel. Like, I'm not talking about Bishop Strickland. I'm talking about many of these hireling style bishops who are not in it to send sheep to heaven. They're just here for the status quo and preservation. So what you do is, is you withdraw your money. You never, I never give money to diocesan appeal, bishop appeal slush funds. There's no accountability on that money. I would never, I would not even give three cents to that. I will donate to specific, specified causes. I will research my own seminaries. I will travel to those seminaries and meet people at those seminaries. Even better yet, if I know a young man who is called to the priesthood and is in seminary, I will directly support him. See, when I donate, I want to see faces. I want to know names. I want to know where the money's going. I want to have a relationship. That's how you give alms. That's how you donate. That's how you support, in my opinion, the church. That's my opinion as a dad on that webcam right there. I'm not a cardinal. Never, by the way, never do anything because Taylor Marshall said so. Let me repeat that. Never do anything because a guy named Taylor Marshall on YouTube or Facebook said something. Do your own research. I'm sharing my life experience, my studies, my thoughts with you in a conversation in social media. I am not your boss. I am not your priest. I am not your cardinal. I'm not your pope. I'm not your king. I'm a dad with a webcam sharing my perspective. What steps should we do? You need to move to a traditional parish. You need to support that parish with your time, your effort, and your money. And you need to let bishops know by writing them letters and face-to-face -face telling them, according to Canon 212, you don't want to have any animosity, hatred, or disobedience, but you do want to express your concern for the Catholic Church and problems in the Church. All right. Thanks, John. There's another super chat coming up. Let's see here. Oh, it's John. Another John. What happened to the Knights of Columbus? When I was sworn in, we were taught to protect the host. I don't know. 
Uh, I'm technically a Knight of Columbus still, I think. Um, I don't participate. Uh, I just feel that there have been so many hot button issues related to Catholic men in the last 10 years and the Knights of Columbus have been silent. I'm just not interested. I just, you know, I'm not against them. And I don't think they're bad. And I think they do good stuff, especially the money they raise and things like that. But at a time that we live in now, in the crisis that we live in now, I think the Knights are so buckled or so attached to the USCCB and the United States bishops. That's just not where I want to invest the majority of my time. Although I give them a high five and say, keep on with your good work. Again, my opinion. All right, we'll just do a couple more here. What do you do? All right, I don't understand that question. Looking for question marks. All right, I'm just not seeing the question marks. Again, I, I can't stop and read every single one. Oh, here we go. Here's some question marks. <laughs> all right, this one's this one's good, Victoria. Can we sprinkle holy water or bless salt all around church grounds and throw holy water and bless salt on the invaders? <laughs> I like that. That's what we need is like you got the guys trained uh, through their scenarios to, you know, to prevent people from running up on the altar and, that. and then we've got like a group of like 30 holy pious women and they're just standing there with their vials of holy water and their and their vials of, of blessed salt, holy salt. And they're just ready. When they come in, they're just like getting them, getting them. I like it, Victoria Montez. I like it. Uh, that's a good one. And I say, yes, most definitely. And can we sprinkle holy water? According to tradition, if you go to a traditional Latin mass, every Sunday the priest is required to do the, well, I'm sure there's dispensations, but usually, traditionally, a priest will do the Asperges, or in Easter to Pentecost, the Vidiaquam, and he will sprinkle holy water all over the church every Sunday and every holy day of obligation. So that should be done regularly by the priest. Um, so, yeah. All right, Victoria. Thanks for that. All right, we'll sign off with that. Thanks for watching, everyone. Again, please like the video. Please share it. Please subscribe if you are new. And I thank you all for watching today. Be vigilant. Be careful. Do not give them the violence that they hope for to be even bigger victims. And remember, our Lord Jesus Christ says that you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. Godspeed. Happy feast day. The Pope St. Pius V.